Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. I have found with this conversation an experienced corporate executive, many, many years in corporate America, uh, who one day stopped being a corporate executive and started being a practitioner of happiness. <laughs> Pretty intriguing, huh? He was personally committed to becoming a lot happier as a human being. And so he said, look, while I'm learning how to do this, why don't I write about it? Which became his book. Why don't I give talks about it? Which he does. Why don't I have uh, more presence in the cyber world through podcasting, which he's just starting. So he's basically coming at us with a big smile, not a clown nose, but a, a logo that looks like one. And he's saying, you can learn to practice to become a happier person. And it is about practicing every day, finding things that you can do that will make you happy. Every day, without exception. No, you can't plan one gloomy day. Why? Why don't you just have all of them happy? And so, therefore, I am delighted to bring you Darren Tully. Well, folks, Darren Tully and I just shared the insight before we started recording that we're flying free of institutional bonds. <laughs> I having voluntarily been bonded to over 50 years of higher education affiliations as a professor and as a, as a dean, and I loved it. But that was seven years ago. And then four years ago, I started this venture to focus on practice and uh, bring uh, bring about uh, Peter Vale's vision to have the book on practice uh, available. And it is. And we are <laughs> podcasting the episode probably 210 by the time I schedule this, Darren. Now, why is Darren flying free? Well, I, I think, and you can confirm this, Darren, that you had what some of us call a corporate life before you stepped out to create Live Your Possible and become not only CEO, but Chief Possibility Officer. That doesn't sound very corporate to me. So how, tell me about the, the, the time when you decided you wanted to go on your own. Well, well uh, thanks for having me. This is fabulous. 210. Congratulations. That, yeah. that is flying free right there. No, we are. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not into the sun. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, like and, and I love how you're connecting these live episodes and it's a continuous uh, learning journey for uh, your work here, which is great. Uh, Honored to be part of it. Thank you. As, you know, as far as me, I, I, yeah, I was in corporate America for gosh, 30 years. And over the last six, seven years, I've been uh, working on this, this vision I had, this passion project, this this uh, side gig, if you will. And so the last couple of years, I decided to go out and start this uh, firm called Ignite Happy, which is a happy consulting firm. 
which led into me writing this book called Live Your Possible. And then I have a podcast called Live Your Possible, as you mentioned. And, you know, seven years ago, Dave, I had this awakening where I was not aware of some unconscious biases and the way I was handling and treating people in the world was, wasn't my authentic self. And hmm. I've always felt like I was a good leader, kind leader, a good person, yet I was pushing people away. And when I realized I was pushing possibilities, I was pushing people, I was, I was not bringing out the best in myself or others around me every day. So hmm. I, I, I woke up in, uh, I guess, shame and terror at one point, I even confronted a group that I was working with and share that I needed to commit to change and do different things. And I started to welcome in differences. And I had a, a really a, like a waking, another awakening, a light up moment with my daughter, where we saw this one eyed smile on the back of uh, an Italian isolate, which is a logo of my company, Ignite Happy. Oh, yeah. I wondered what that what was that folks can't see it yet, but they will when I share your your website. It 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 is, uh, it looks like someone started to draw that on a a frosty win window or something and started to giggle <laughs> because of exactly. this big smile. <laughs> That's a great description, Dave. I love it. I that. didn't want to steal your daughter's thunder, but tell us what she saw and why why you chose it. <laughs> yeah, we were we were sitting together one day and I was working on my cell phone and she was doing her homework and you know she she finished her homework. She was pretty excited. She's like, dad, can I get a treat? And it, I wasn't too thrilled about that idea until she said, how about a watermelon Italian ice? And Dave, go. I thought it sounded pretty healthy. So I said, why not? So she, she took the Italian ice lid, put it off in the corner. And when she was done, she was, she was lit. She was happy. And I put my phone down and I was like, Whoa, why is she so excited? And what we noticed is we noticed this, this lid, the back of this watermelon Italian ice lid, and it was this upside down one-eyed smile and I was looking for differences and she saw it because she was a child so she had this childlike way of wonder and saw it and we saw it together and our eyes opened up our mouths opened up with so much awe and wow. it, it was at that moment for me Dave where I recognized like oh my god that's where I really get joy from it's not about pushing people away and the possibilities away it's about bringing the light that's inside all of us to shine and come out and yeah it was pretty cool that it was my daughter that showed me this moment. Yep. That's my path in life is to bring out the light and the joy and everybody else around me. And I wasn't doing that six, seven years ago. And I started to write a business plan. I started to write stories and reflect back to when I was my most authentic self, where I, where I was free of what I feel I had some unconscious biases that had kind of been taught on me, mm. but I accepted. And now I need to change. And I, you know, mm. I even use a pink pen every day to remind myself to be different. So if I'm being different with the pink pen, then I'm going to accept differences and I'm going to help the world bring out the light in themselves. And hopefully it'll be a bit brighter for all of us. And that's the path I've been on back to leaving corporate life into being a consultant and coaching and teaching and speaking and all that type of stuff. Wow. Uh, I, I wasn't all that noble. I, I made my decision to retire when I was 73, you know, so I, I took a two week paycheck for many, many years. And it wasn't such, well, academically, intellectually, I was a bit of a risk taker, but, but I didn't, uh, I didn't venture out like I am now. And, uh, uh, and probably I was on the, on the fringe of what I could do within the bounds of my institution, 
uh, always, uh, which made me an innovator, but also someone who never quite fit. So I, uh, yet my students seemed to find that the difference was uh, very important to their learning. So I, I never worried too much about not uh, having exactly the right credentials and dressing as professorially as I was required and, and, and all that. And I did throw on a tie from time to time. <laughs> I, pre but, I appreciate that approach. That's great. <laughs> but uh, you certainly don't look 73. And, and seven years ago, you looked probably even less young uh, uh, than you do now in terms of uh, your youthfulness and and uh, the long runway ahead you, you stepped off of in regard to your corporate life. Granted, corporations don't always offer you the sure thing runway for the entire career but it seems like it at the time and then you said no i'm going to write a business plan i'm going to start really exploring what i maybe lost or or uh, at least uh, buried now i want to go back to your point though about there was a time when you felt more authentically yourself darren wasn't there before you got too deep into your corporate career what was yeah, what were you doing back then where you felt happy and were happy? Oh my gosh. About yourself. It's a pretty loaded question. <laughs> now we can go to the sixth grade. We can go. Uh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you, no, you name it. But we I think we all can remember a time when we really were happy and felt quite ourselves, fully ourselves. Yeah. And then stuff happened. <laughs> Yeah, life takes a course and we're taught things or told things and we believe things and we take on what they mean and we're, you know, maybe don't accept what that mm -hmm. uh, could do to us. And that's, you know, it's, it's funny. I've had a lot of reflection on that question, albeit there's been highlights and tons of joy with my, my children and uh, my wife and, you know, college years. And, you know, going far back into when I was a child, there were some really I would say pretty free thinking years, probably my most authentic uh, thinking where I thought I was free or I think I was free from any of these systemic biases or other things that had been put upon me where I do remember like I was, I was I actually started a paper when I was in, uh, I guess, gosh, third grade ish. And I started this local paper on the street because I was really curious about my neighbors and I would, I actually had a paper route and I would drop off these papers and I, th I always thought it was interesting because I thought people were miserable at the time. They, you know, they were barely dressed in the morning, if at all. You know, when I would drop off the papers, they'd be waiting at the door. And I'm like, what are you doing? But yeah, it, what happened is I went back to my friends and we said, we need to figure out what's going on. And I started this paper with my friends, Bugger and JK. And it was actually pretty interesting as I went back to think about this. As I was doing this business plan, Night Happy actually brought me all the way back to this point where I felt like I had my freest thinking where we had this paper and we went out and asked questions. What, what made them tick? What brought them joy? And people wow. actually shared their ideas about what got them excited. And, and we actually printed this in this local paper. They talked about, you know, their pets or their trips to their kids or their gardening tips, their recipes, whatever it is. Yeah. And it ended up being an amazing platform for people to connect to and with on the street. And I yeah. didn't realize until now yeah, that people actually came alive in a different way. Yeah. Because they could share commonalities and they're inclusive of each other. And back then I was just an innocent young reporter 
having genuine care and interest in this, jotting it down. I didn't put my own agenda. I didn't put my own biases or spin on it. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, that's the irony, like the work you're doing, right? It's free. Yeah. You know, you're, you're asking questions. It's wide open and you're, you're listening. And that's, that's the beauty that I recall going back to that point in time. It's wow, the same a- type of feeling that you're doing now, which is actually kind of phenomenal as we make that connection. You were uh, what, around nine years old? Huh? That's right. Correct. And how old was your daughter when you had the the watermelon sorbet? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, she was about eight. Yeah, that's about that same time frame. There you go. There you go. Great connection. Yeah. Well, somewhere, and I'm not being a uh, you know a shrink here, but somewhere in your deep consciousness, when that uh, cover off came off the sorbet, and she showed such glee and uh and unfettered uh hopefulness it probably brought you back to when you were her age uh going up and down the street collecting news and uh and telling people about each other in a kind and positive way yeah you're you're uh, magical and how you just made that connection <laughs> that's pretty powerful that's pretty it's so fun to think that'll about. be 150 dollars for my for, <laughs> for my hour that's right that's great do you think well, that thank well? you no I, I i i don't completely uh show magic here because in all of the over 100 conversations i've had and i rarely say well what do you remember is the first time you you felt like you wanted to be an xyz it it seems to come up almost naturally mm-hmm. that people tap into a time when they were they felt and were at their best which is interesting because we think that as we age and get more education and build on more and more uh symbols of our accomplishments that we're we're always getting better counterintuitively we remember when we were really at at our best and i can give you a quick one i was probably just 12 years old my junior high assistant principal was the swimming instructor at the portland main ymca and uh he's he had noticed that i was somewhat rambunctious and looking for new things to do he said dave why don't you you're a y member why don't you come along and just observe me in the pool. And uh, well, it amounted to, I observed him in the pool by putting on my suit and getting in the water and helping the kids learn to swim. And it was such a revelation at that age to be first given the trust of someone I admired, a school principal, and to be in an environment where it was clearly those little kids along the the wall were more or less terrified of the water. Mm. You know, up in Maine, you you learn from your relatives that if you fall into the the bay uh, from a boat, uh, the water's so cold you might not even surface. So we'd get that kind of folklore going. Probably had a bit of truth to it, and so they were terrified. And when he said why are you in the water with them, Dave? And I said, I think this is where they want me to be that in order to feel confident. And sure enough, they would start sliding off the wall and I'd show them how to paddle around and just I being there, I wasn't necessarily holding them up and making them kick or any of that. It was just encouraging them from where their greatest fears 
were aimed <laughs> to show them it was not to be feared. That was a big moment, and I've come back to it often, and it was probably the moment I decided that I could be a teacher. I love that correlation. I, I couldn't agree with more about addressing some of those elements. It's hard to step in to do something if we have those barriers, if it's fear oh. or doubt or, or even worthiness. I've seen show up too. It's hard to have purpose without worthiness or feeling like, you know, why would anybody care about my words or what I'm going after? And, you know, that shows up, uh, I think, through a lot of our lives. And so I, I love your correlation to going back to that 12 year old self and making, uh, making that connection to make it safer for people, yeah. make it safer for people to step in and learn. And that's what yeah. you've been doing forever, which is great. <laughs> well, the, 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 uh, and to torture it a little bit further, uh, there was a shallow end where they started with me. And then there was the ominous deep end, mm. you know, where the diving board was and the rope across. It could have been, you know, the marginal, you know, you know, the, it could have been just a marginal, uh, trench you know out there in in france for far as the the way the kids would look at the deep end would be the way they'd look at the you know the, the most uh scary place they could go and uh so my goal was to uh have every one of them swimming in a deep end diving off the sides diving off the board really enjoying what this little 20 yard swimming pool could offer and so I had that long range future in mind. Now, you take all the thousands or more, many thousands of students that I taught at schools like Central Connecticut, the deep end was ahead for every one of them. Every single one of them, happy juniors wearing their flip-flops to class and uh, looking forward to what they might uh, have for lunch. Uh, and and I taught them because in a way that uh, I wanted them to understand why they should enjoy themselves where they are, never have a life like they had in college. Again, there was a future out there that they had to be ready for. And the main way that they could survive and flourish, similarly to getting the swimming going, was to practice the, what I call practice learning and swimming, and then when you're out there, you'll be able to handle all the challenges. And by and large, that, that seemed to work. Now, wait a minute, Dave. This is not about you. This is about, about Darren Tully. Now, uh, so from that time when you, I'm going back to the present here, uh, was the first thing that you put out there, Darren, uh, a consultancy moment, or was it the book? What what got you started in the in the stream of effort that you're making now? Very successfully, by the way. Oh, thank thank you very much. It was the book. I mean, I this is something that I had written over the last five years. I took took my time. Largely, I had been in corporate America doing this from the side of my desk. Right, I would write every morning for folks that are looking to write a book. It's it's just about daily practice, and I would every take fifteen day. minutes a day. And some days I'd write for fifteen minutes, and it would be two hours because uh, the flow was there. And some days I'd start for fifteen minutes, and I would just jot down ideas. I couldn't write a full sentence. I would just write down ideas. It was that practice that allowed me to build that habit and the interest, and it would fire me up because I would make connections throughout the day at work. I would learn from what other people were saying, so all these things are popping in my head. I would actually reflect back to when I was a kid again, or or maybe other life learnings that happened. And 
Um, you know, the book has just um, been such a tremendous um, learning about life and how to grow every day, you know, for me. And, you know, this one eyed smile that you that you painted there for the audience is it's I look at this as really it's the eye of possibility is filled, filled with childlike wonder. So I think it's fascinating how you went back to you got me to go back to my childhood so early because I do feel like it's that level of wonder and awe and creativity and joy that we've let subside over time. And sometimes we have to tap back into those important things back into our childhood to really practice that and live that every day. Cause that to me opens up the world with transcendent joy possibilities or whatever it is that you or anybody listening deems important to them. Yeah. That's a, so each page is, is, and I will buy the book, by the way, each page that I turn, uh, I should find coincidentally relevant to me in the moment. Now that's a lot to ask for any book. I promise it that it came out that way with Peter Vale in my book. The relevance is a reader's decision though. But I suspect that you wrote it from the heart and that you weren't saying that one day after you get through living your worst life, uh, there will be something out there for you. So think possibility 10 years from now or 20 years from now. No, I think, I'm guessing that each page talks about right now where you can look around and see something that you might've otherwise missed. So talk a little bit about what's on those pages. Yeah, it's, it's a journey exactly as you say, Dave, it's where you want to take it. I share stories, personal stories. I share stories from other folks. I share how I interact with the folks that would challenge me every day. Uh, so sometimes doing this in practice with partners or pairs is powerful because it allows us to encourage and to listen and to get excited and celebrate together. And, and that was important for me to continue these practices of looking for what I wanted to see in the world. I, you know, I wanted to be more joyful and I wanted to see happiness. And as you go through these pages, you'll hear the stories. You'll There's actually some QR codes in the book that will bounce you out to either TED Talks or podcasts or different readings that will help to expand your learning. Nice. However, the thought is, is that if there, are t- if there are areas that are of interest or that you want to improve on, or, or like you said, based on where you are in life, there are intentional practice actions throughout the book. There's actually over 120 practice actions for folks to consider living not changing into somebody else, but living who, you know, to their best self, their authentic self by practicing these actions in their everyday. So it's exactly where you are. Give me I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm curious as what an example would be of a practice action. I, I, I love it. I love the, the idea of it, but what would it be like? For example, instead of coming into a meeting or a conversation to have the answer or to, say, here's what I did to fully stay in that, in that conversation and be curious ah. to understand where it's coming from. How did they get here to learn, to be in that learning practice, because it's powerful to understand where someone's perspective comes from and it will broaden our own thinking. It will actually create new innovations potentially or new discoveries. And that's just one, one simple thing we could do in our day some people are bored in meetings. Some people are bored, maybe at a traffic stop. You know, think about interaction you're in and reflect on that or in conversation, use inquiry, have curiosity with other people. And it's something you can do just as part of your day. And it actually might spice up your day that you're feeling lost in or bored in. 
yeah uh that that notion of uh say that you're a manager and you're and the people are used to having you walk into the conference room when we can get back to them uh with an agenda and uh start running the meeting in quotes that's what they managers do they run the meeting and people and you know i can almost picture people kind of leaning back in their chairs maybe chewing on the end of their pink pen <laughs> whatever <laughs> and and just waiting for this person to uh do her or his leadership dance small l and then maybe around the edges some people might actually offer some words or some thought now i really exaggerated the point to make the point that if you have as one of your practices to be one of the people in there with pink pen ready to chew on it have them remember that oh pink pen wait a minute uh lesson life lesson 122 says really absorb uh, really observe this uh this managerial person and ask you in in your mind ask what is this person happy doing this because <laughs> we're clearly not happy being the subject of this behavior and if not if he's not happy or she's not happy uh is that the price you pay to become a manager in this company yeah and i, and I think the the thought around as a manager is using inquiry to learn is a level of inclusion that I think folks could benefit from embracing because I, I, I typically talk about happiness and inclusion and inclusion together. So I feel like it unlocks possibilities wherever we are. So it's, it's, this is an action. This is something we can do. We listen, we have an open mind, levels of curiosity. We make connections in the world, potentially nature, new tools of learning. You know, this one-eyed smile, it's, it's fun and silly, yet to me, it represents happiness. It represents uniqueness. We're all unique. It's a unique smile. It's different. It represents differences. Here's the thing is when I open my mind to look out in the world with awe and wonder, guess what happens? I see that one-eyed smile everywhere in the world. So that, that's another practice that I there's like something that. that's important to us. Maybe it's a shape of a heart. Maybe it's a lucky penny. Maybe it's, maybe it's a particular bird that reminds me of a lost loved one or whatever it is. You know what? It, it, the important thing is we're stopping to reflect. We're here. We're present. We're alive to do something about it. We're here to actually appreciate something bigger than ourselves. And to me, that's that's where this comes from. And you're right. I wrote the book with love. It's all it's rooted in joy, inclusion, love, and possibilities. And that's that's where it comes from. It comes from not just my experiences, yet what I see people doing as they open up their minds to what is possible. Oh, I I. David, don't ask this question. All right, I'll ask it. <laughs> what does it mean to be happy? It's your own definition, I suppose, if you're asking <laughs> for my definition. Um, yeah, it's a trick question, right? Well, it's it's the name of your business. It's the name of your game. It's yeah. the, it's the uh, intonation, if you will, of what you want us to be hearing it's in our conversation. And the only reason I made a little fun with asking is that uh, I just finished editing a podcast with a colleague who had been in the quality management movement for over four, 40 years. And I asked him, hey, Joe, uh, are, are people still asking you what quality is? 
And he said, they can ask. And then I have a conversation. So I'm asking you, Darren Tully, what is happy? Yeah, it's, you know, to me, it's, it's truly what we all define it as. And for me, it's, you know, belonging and feeling, uh, I, I, I'm able to contribute as my authentic self. I'm able to make an impact and to be seen. And for a lot of people, we look at happiness as what's on social media. Uh, what are pictures being posted on Facebook? Or I'm supposed to be happy if this happens, or if I get this job, or if I eat this type of food. And I think one of those things, those misnomers about happiness and happy is that it's something that's temporary and that goes away. And it doesn't have to. It's something that really lives within us. And it's making a connection to something bigger than us. It's tying to something that's purposeful, that has meaning. So that's, for me, it's about seeing the beauty, the light that's in all of us, where we actually belong as our authentic selves. Yeah. That, to me, that's joy. That's happiness. Uh, and, and here's the thing that's really important is that we all have our own definition. I know it sounds cliche or sounds funny. No. Yeah, when I've asked that question of many leaders, and it's one of the chapters of my book, they're all completely different answers. And I think most people define themselves or compare themselves to somebody else's definition. And that's part of the problem because we're unhappy because yeah. we're not that definition. We just yeah. have to sit back and just ask ourselves that question. And if we don't know, it, that's one of the practice actions that I have talked about. Take notice over the next week. Listen to what brings you joy. What are the things that you're doing? Because most of the things that give us joy are the things we actually do when we're paying attention. Yeah, I, I get it very much so. Uh, when uh, when Peter Vale wrote uh, his third book, it was called Learning as a Way of Being. Mm -hmm. So when he and I were still in conversation before he passed away three years ago last week, uh, I said, well, what should we call this book that we're collaborating on? And he said, I think we should call it practice as a way of being. I haven't used up that idea yet. And I want people to understand that you will know you're in the right state of practice when you feel that it's also your authentic self, your way of being. And uh, you'll find joy in choosing to develop uh, yourself in ways that are most aligned, I hate to use that engineering term, but it's true, to your values. So it sounds to me that happiness is also a, a damn good way of being. It's a great way of, of being, absolutely. It's, and it's not a doing, it's a being. You're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's, it's also believing in it and having comfort in what that looks like and feels like for each of us. Yeah. So there's a, there's a custom-made way of being happy. That's it, it, there for all of us if we choose to do and quotes another word that I th is wrong the work. Uh, it sounds uh, you got to do the work, but you got to do the work to be happy. That doesn't sound right, <laughs> you know. Somehow, <laughs> uh, but do it with a clown nose on your. <laughs> you know, do it with uh, work with fun. <laughs> but uh, I'm watching my clock, and you know now that you've started. Um, another phase of your reach out to the world uh, who started a podcast and we always have to be sure that list is not going to sit with us for much more than a half an hour before they start uh, doing something else, but maybe keeping our voices going. So let me get to the, to the point of our last phase of our conversation today. What are the kinds of practices that you are operating right now for the, uh, ignite happy 
enterprise that you've created? What are the, what are the things that you're scaling together to keep us uh, apprised of this opportunity that you offer to help us learn to make ourselves more happy? Yeah, the you know, the first thing is is recognizing what we talked about, um, where it comes from for each of us, and and certainly practicing gratitude and practicing certain steps that we could we can build upon. And you know, the the steps that are in my book, they're real. There's a there's a path of possibilities. It actually spells out the acronym possible. And I would offer folks up to to consider jumping into that because it it is making impacts with many people that aren't looking to do the work to your point. What I like to do is, and offer to folks is that these actions are a part of our daily lives. So I'm trying to enhance how we're actually living to then reconnect back to our authentic self, not to work and to be turned into somebody else. That's not the point, right? Our ability to reconnect and rewire. And I, I also offer up in my practice as far as to live your possible podcast. So I will tie these elements into the podcast and try to reinforce some of the messages from from guests like you, Dave, and, and others mm -hmm. uh, that are coming out to reinforce and to not not preach or tell because it's not a telling game. This is putting options out there, folks, to say, okay, what what can you connect to? What can I connect to? Not everything's going to fit. So it's a, it's really taking the moment to say, well, wait a minute, I want to learn more about resilience. Oh, Darren has a chapter about resilience, or there's a there's a podcast about resilience, or there's some easy steps that. He learned from Jane Dutton at the University of Michigan's Ross Business School that, hey, that could apply to me about building a positive reservoir that I could pull from. Like yeah. just, just finding those moments back to what you can connect on. And then the last thing is that I'll, I'll throw out there is, yeah, I'm on social media. I'm posting quotes and quick little videos and those type of things. And I love getting out to different organizations to speak. I love mm -hmm. getting out there to make connections and workshops to make all this come alive because I've seen cultures change overnight and turn around where people are actually feeling a big part of something and the results are taking off and people are feeling like they're actually delivering something uh, that they never thought was possible. And yes. people are, are contributing in ways that are giving them joy. They never thought they could achieve before. And they're excited to come to work again. And hearing those things you know, reminds me and what it really fires me up to do more. And I think anybody that's listening that wants to try this work, I would start with, you know, with a book or practice a couple of the things we talked about on today's show, mm -hmm. even just practice, you know, using one word that means something to you. Just think about one word and see how that connects to the world. It could be love. It could be ignite. It could be happiness. It could be whatever is important to you and just see what shows up. You yeah. might be, you might be surprised. Do you have a website as well? I do. It's ignitehappy.com. Okay. So I'll research and come come back through uh, from this podcast is to check out the website which i will include in the description of, of our conversation well darren tully uh i want to thank the corporation that said bye darren <laughs> for for s setting you free <laughs> uh and i assume that you're also you know, not only very happy about what you're doing but you're making a living at it in, in the best sense of it. You're making a life in the living. So yeah, congratulations Dave, on that. I appreciate it. And, you know, the, the impacts that people share back, the gratitude, the learnings, and what's opening up for other folks, that lights me up every day. It's priceless. And I appreciate you having me on the show. 
you, uh, you're changing lives, you're making wonderful connections, you've been uh, an amazing teacher, you taught me a few things on this uh, on the show today, so I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks for listening to The Practice Podcast, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, and Apple Podcasts, or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Oh, oh, how could I have forgotten? Our digital book, On Practice as a Way of Being, is now available. You'll find it online at www.mylibrary.world. I worked on that book after Peter passed away, and I think you will find it a unique and very, very mobile reading experience, since it's wherever your screen is in hand or at hand.